Hello and welcome. You are listening to an informed take on current events brought to you by law students and staff of Queen's University Belfast. This is LawPod. Hello and welcome to LawPod by Queen's University Belfast. My name is Melissa McDonnell and I am an undergraduate Swan representative for the School of Law. This podcast is called Study Choices, Corporate Law. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss study options available to Level 2 undergraduate students and to consider the career paths which they may facilitate. Therefore, if you are a Level 2 student, this podcast is worth listening to as module selection for third year is approaching very, very soon. We have two speakers here today to talk about module selection and corporate law in particular. Kieran O'Kelly is here from the School of Law, and Lindsay McCracken is also present from FSCOM. So, Kieran, um, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. How are you? Good. So, firstly, can you tell us what is corporate law and how is the module at Queen's University Belfast? Well, first of all, in, in terms of what um, corporate or company law is, I mean, for me, so, so ultimately it's about the corporate form, which is uh, a very interesting um, uh, legal device because uh, it's a person. Mm-hmm. So it's basically not a person like you and me, um, but in law it has aspects of personality. That is, it can own things, it can um, get sued, it can sue, uh, and um, it can... Uh, have an existence that's independent of the people who manage the business that the company um, owns or of um, the people or institutions that have invested in that company. So corporate law or company law is fundamentally about that thing, the company. Okay, thank you. And can you tell us how the module is taught? Uh, The company law and corporate governance module is taught um, through seminars. So um, uh, there's an element of uh, the lecturer taking uh, people through the key issues uh, to do with the corporate form um, and um, then allowing space for, for discussion. Um, uh, and it's assessed through, through coursework and, and presentations, I should say. Okay, and why do you feel that students should select this module in particular? Well... Um, uh, this is a very dangerous question to ask, Melissa, because I get very excited um, by the corporate form. Um, I, I think, in a way, philosophically, this is a very interesting thing. You know, um, the idea that we, that um, an entity that's quite fictional in lots of ways can have um, personality in law. Um, uh, why do we have this this thing? Um, it's because it's a great vehicle for managing relationships, relationships largely between people who've got great ideas for businesses and people who've got money that they want to invest in the businesses. So um, so the corporate form allows um, uh, the capital to be put into the business in a way that um, uh, protects it from the managers in lots of ways. They have to publish accounts, they have to give an account of what they're doing with the money and what their strategies are. Um, uh, They don't own the assets. It protects that capital from the investors. So if I own shares, if I'm a shareholder in Porsche, 
I can't go down to the showroom and just drive a car around. You know, I don't own the stuff. Um, uh, just like if I was a member of a tennis club, I wouldn't own the club. I would simply be a member. Um, so it protects them, but it also protects the investors. And this is why we had this innovation, a real kind of like an intervention in free markets in a way um, by the state, why this corporate form was, um, uh, was um, uh, introduced um, or kind of liberalized in society. Uh, investors um, want to be sure that they can invest in a relatively risk-free way. Uh, if you own the debts of a business, then if the business collapses, the creditors, the people who the money is owed to, um, can not only go and kind of get the assets out of the business, but they can come after you as well. So you can lose your house, things like that. Um, with the corporate form, largely, you know, there are always quirks around these things. Um, uh, the company, and the, the sorry, the shareholders have limited liability. That means the company owes, owns the debts. So uh, if the business collapses, Creditors can go to the company. There's a place to go to try and recover that um, that debt, liquidate liquidate the assets. But what they can't do is go after the shareholders. So the shareholders are protected um, uh, from um, from business uh, failure to a certain degree. And um, why is that important? Well, it's really important for the economy because it takes a risk out of investment and that allows investment to be freer and uh, hopefully keeps capital getting injected into good business ideas. Thank you. That's very interesting. Um, so what skills would level two students like myself gain from corporate law? Well, I kind of think that, that uh, the skills are pertain to the module as we we um, teach it uh, at Queen's. Um, you know, company law can be quite technical in lots of ways, so you will get, you know, good, quite close doctrinal uh, skills. But we teach it as a socio-legal module. You know, I, I personally don't think um, that you can talk about such an important economic device without really thinking about law and context. So, um, so what uh, we really want from our students and we hope that we deliver to our students is a sense of the core doctrinal principles behind company law, but also what effect does this have on society and what effect do considerations of economy have on how courts treat, treat um, companies, how they treat investors and how they treat the law. And probably for me, and this is just me, the, the Really, the big thing um, is is giant firms, those big global companies. You know, I find them very, very interesting because they're huge, tens of thousands of, of employees. You look at the big banks, for instance, um, and indeed they can have hundreds of thousands of individual shareholders. And their boards uh, of directors are kind of accountable in various ways to this diffuse body of shareholders. And this creates really interesting social opportunities. It creates really interesting social tensions. And, you know, there are big questions about kind of who exactly is responsible for our actions in those uh, those circumstances, you know. So um, the skills I hope that a student gains are a real appreciation of the role that law plays in society, how, you know, law acts in a business context, what happens to law in the wild in a way, you know, um, and um, the role that economy has in bringing itself into effect upon law. Okay. And... At the minute, there is the majority of law students are female studying law. Do you think 
there's any perceptions about who studies corporate law with regards to males and females and do we need to challenge these perceptions? Well, the only the only kind of things I can say now would be quite anecdotal in my impression from, from teaching on this module. Um, the module tends to be um, pretty much balanced on gender terms. So it's not, you don't walk as a, as a lecturer into a room and it's mostly male or mostly female in any kind of notable uh, way. When I, I certainly, when I've talked with students about aspirations, why are you taking this module and all that, I think there might be a little bit of um, uh, a breakdown um, on gender terms. I wonder sometimes whether um, this has to do with an impression of a career in um, in commercial legal practice and broadly in these areas as being a career that's denoted by a certain amount of aggression, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think, personally, I think, you know, I'm sure those jobs are out there, but it's a relatively old-fashioned way of thinking about um, uh, about commercial practice. Um, commercial practice, to my mind, looking at it from the academic perspective, is about relationships, you know, and it's about managing and um, uh, developing those relationships. And the disputes that we talk about, the court cases, are kind of, they're about relationships that have gone wrong. You know, very often they're very human uh, disputes. So um, I, I kind of think that, yeah, maybe there might be a gender breakdown in terms of um, uh, the impressions of how attractive commercial careers are. Um, and that might be to do with the legacy of a sense that those careers are quite um, uh, male in um, uh, in their character, if that's a, maybe a correct way of saying it. Okay, thank you. Um, how do um, students typically perform on the module? So I couldn't find the sums on this when I was coming around, um, so I don't have statistics for you. Mm -hmm. But my impression is that the students do relatively well. They certainly don't do any worse than in other modules. Um, I think given the character of a module like this, and especially its socio-legal character, some students enjoy it more than others um, uh, and discover a certain potential in themselves um, uh, more than others. But all, all things considered, when you look across the population, it's more or less what you'd expect uh, in terms of distribution of marks. Okay. Thank you very much. Your opinions have definitely altered my view on maybe considering the corporate law. So we're going to move to Lindsay now um, to hear her views. Hi, Hello, thanks for Harry. having me. No problem. Um, firstly, Lindsay, can you tell us a bit about your background and your current role at FSCOM? Yes, of course. So I am head of HR, FSCOM. Um, I joined last February and really came on board to implement their HR uh, practices and processes. They hadn't had an HR function before. The company's been growing quite quickly. Uh, but there was also very heavy focus on the development of our graduate academy that we run every year. Uh, prior to joining FSCOM, I have worked in recruitment in the legal sector for a number of years, actually. So I have a good, broad understanding of the types of opportunities that are out there, I suppose, within the legal profession within Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland as well, really. So... And um, what does F FSCOM actually do? Yeah, so we're quite a unique company. Um, we're a boutique consulting firm, so we have quite a specialist focus. So 
we would advise our clients on regulatory compliance um, and we focus very specifically within the fintech sector. So the types of clients that we would deal with would be people like challenger banks, payment services companies, things like that. So the types of organisations that all of us as consumers from a financial services perspective would come across on a daily basis, really. Um, and we would kind of advise them across three core areas. So financial crime is a big area for us. So we do a lot of financial crime consulting. Cybersecurity is another big area and then more general regulatory compliance. So advising our clients on different areas of regulation with the FCA and the PRA as well. What types of careers and roles can corporate law open for students? Yes, um, I, I definitely think it's a really interesting question and certainly um, working at FSCOM and also um, previously within legal recruitment, I've actually seen the market change quite dramatically over the last kind of 10 years or so in terms of the types of opportunities that are available to students who will have studied corporate law. So there's definitely been a huge increase in the number of in-house uh, legal opportunities and where previously um, typically, you would have only found kind of head of legal roles. You know, we're finding more um, people going in at kind of newly qualified level. And typically those types of um, employees will previously have done a corporate law uh, module because it, it, it obviously ties in very well. Um, additionally to that, um, there's a lot of the consulting firms are starting to recruit uh, legal graduates with a corporate law background. Um, for different types of consultancy roles and FSCOM is a great example of that. Um, we run our Graduate Academy every year and uh, last year we took on five graduates, each of whom had come from a corporate law background. Um, I think what I've certainly seen um, with the development of different types of opportunities out there, I think that it has broadened the scope for people in terms of um not all of the roles have as much pressure from a transactional perspective. Um, and so therefore, it's much easier for people to to be able to kind of, I suppose, if they do have a family, kind of manage that responsibility, plus be able to develop and further your career um, for, in, a, in a corporate law background. Um, but with that, um, what I have also seen as well, actually, um, recruiting even for some of the larger and the more traditional corporate solicitor roles is I've seen firms developing a much more um, flexible approach to work-life balance and 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 working um, and a lot of the large law firms now actually offer flexible working and the ability to be able to work from home um, as do a lot of the consulting firms as well and FSCOM has a you know a good flexible approach to, to work-life balance so I think that the um, traditional view of those types of roles is is maybe not so relevant anymore and I think uh, the companies um, are, I think people maybe just don't have the right idea in terms of the ability to to have a flexible kind of um, balance with those corporate commercial roles. I mean, what I, I've seen this also looking at it from the outside Lindsay yeah. you know um, uh, certainly since the financial crisis I think there's been really mm -hmm. a sea change in the the atmosphere around work in, in the commercial sector yes. and a large part of that has been a, a, a very strong recognition that to recruit the best graduates mm -hmm. you need to appreciate work-life balance um, and this has been a conversation that's been had certainly that I've seen over the last 10 years you know yeah, and you know we we 
I suppose as an organisation at FSCOM, you know, we look at this kind of thing all the time, you know, and, and I'm not sure. I think one of the factors potentially that's driving it, and you're right, is, um, you know, companies are now all trying to, to get the best talent. You know, we talk about it all the time, the war for talent, you know, and part of that is looking at, you know, how can we recruit the best people out there? And I think as well, there's much more knowledge around, you know, diversity and the fact that if you have a much more diverse workforce, then you are at a much better competitive advantage than people who aren't. And there's statistics out there in terms of the increase in productivity that you would have if you have a much more diverse workforce. So I think companies are much more knowledgeable about that now and therefore they're adopting practices and benefits that mean that, that their workforce can be much more inclusive really at the end of the day but I think it's fantastic you know and and I think it's definitely the way forward and it's not even so much as looking at people with families I just think there's an expectation now and an understanding that if you have a much more flexible approach to the to the general nine to five work day you tend to get the best out of people I think as well. And how can students that study corporate law contribute to your organisation? Uh, they fit really well, actually, into FSCOM and the, and the nature of the work that we do. Um, probably half of our team, actually, will have done corporate law um, as part of their studies. Um, and as I said, all of the grads that we took on last year. Um, <clears throat> we're kind of a funny company in that we advise, obviously, on financial services but at the end of the day it's regulation so we have found that students who have studied corporate law are really adept at being able to kind of pick up the regulation and to be able to kind of explain it uh, very well to our clients um, additionally we have found that those types of students as well have also got very strong kind of presentation skills good levels of business acumen as well um, and have fitted very well into our organisation. What placement or internship options are open for students interested in corporate law in your organisation? Yeah, so we run a summer internship every year. Um, we've actually just completed recruitment for this year, but uh, we'll be going out at Christmas time again to recruit for summer 2020. Um, and actually last year we had a student from Queen's uh, with a corporate law background who had come to us for two months for July and August. So... Um, really are we wanted that individual to get as good experience as possible so we did quite a strong kind of training program for a week and then we got them involved actually in the, the client projects that we're working on so they got exposure to they worked within our financial crime team so they got exposure to our clients and, and financial crime projects that we were working on um, and we also made sure that they obviously got involved in other areas of the FSCOM culture as well. You know, we Im involved them in our away days, our nights out, etc. And we're still in, in touch with those students as well. So it's actually a great way and we use it as an opportunity to potentially see people that we would be keen to, to keep in touch with and maybe uh, recruit as part of our Graduate Academy programme actually afterwards. Do you do any uh, schemes for Level 2 students or is it just graduates in Level 3? We do level two, yeah. So um actually the student that we had taken on last year as an intern was level two, so um that fits quite well with our business as well. Okay, and just as a final question to you both, um so just out of interest as a level two student, what advice would you give um the students selecting their modules this year? 
suppose the advice I would give would be, um, and it sounds fairly obvious, but, you know, if you are interested in a particular type of an organisation, you know, have a look at the the type of work that they would do. And, um, you know, if there are certain modules that align quite closely to the work that the, the company should be interested in doing, I would try to select those modules where possible. Also have a look. Um, and, and if you can get involved in an internship, then that's an absolutely fantastic way to see the, the type of work that is being done in different organisations and then obviously pick your modules according to that. Um, another, I think, thing would be to look at the potential softer skills that you can develop as part of different modules whenever we go out to recruit actually as part of our graduate academy. Um, yes, we look for people ideally, you know, with a legal background and a corporate background, but the key skills for us are actually uh, more on the softer side. So the ability to be able to develop consulting skills, so presentation skills, business acumen, um, you know, analytical skills, those kinds of things. And so it's useful even to have a look at maybe some of the graduate jobs you'd be interested in, the types of skills that companies are looking for, and then maybe try to pick modules that would be able to develop those skills further so ones where you maybe are doing quite a lot of kind of presentations or you know um doing kind of practice events or you know working on large-scale projects and developing project management skills those kinds of things i have to say i i was absolutely going to say the same thing <laughs> apart from study company law yeah um i was going to say it's the soft skills, you know, so I've yeah. spoken with um, uh, a lot of employers in the last week, including um, Ulinsia yeah. at Evascom. And the thing that that a lot of people will say is, you know, um, it's very important for students to work on those soft skills. Uh, you know, anything from sending an email to, to being able to stand up and um, and speak with clients and present to clients. Yes. I'd add to that yes. a very simple thing, which is read the newspaper, yeah. you know. Um, have a sense of what's going on in the economy, what's going on in society and, yes. and take it seriously so that you have a sense of the kinds of environment that you're going to be walking into. Yes. And I think to, I suppose to, to, to sort of add to, to what you're saying as well, you know, when I, I worked in legal recruitment whenever there was the downturn and, um, you know, I saw, I suppose, people coming out the other end, finding it difficult to find positions that were aligned to the types of you know, modules that they potentially would have picked because the work wasn't out there in the market. And certainly the types of graduates that we found that had the most opportunity available to them were ones that had really focused on the corporate commercial side because it was those larger firms that were just a little bit busier and when we were able to just to still have the work. And, you know, um, certainly I think being able to kind of read the papers and even potentially look at what areas are busy and, and where the opportunities are, try to align your module selection according to that. Although I know it's not always as easy as that, you know, and it'd be great to be able to predict the future, but but really where possible to, to read around things and, and understand where the opportunities are. You have been listening to LawPod, an informed tech on current events brought to you by the law students and staff at Queen's University Belfast. This episode was produced by Melissa McDonnell and Catherine McNeely. Our theme music is Colonel Chocolate and the Justice Triangle. LawPod is funded by Queen's Law School and the Queen's Annual Fund. Thanks to Kieran and Lindsay for coming in today. You can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at QUB LawPod. For more information, you can also visit our website, lawpod.org. And please have a look in the show notes for more information about the topics covered today. You can also find us on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcasts.
Thank you for listening. I am Melissa McDonnell. This was Law Pod. <laughs>